Hi, I'm Chrissy. This is the Home Advantage podcast, the podcast for female small business owners who are ready to scale and hire their dream teams. It is my goal to get every female in small business who wants to hire and grow their business to do just that. So I'm going to dive in today with something I get a lot of questions about. So I get this from my clients in the Hiring Advantage agency and generally about offer and onboarding. So it is one thing to go through the process of, you know, designing your roles, writing your adverts, going through interview processes, but you really want to have a robust offer and onboarding process so that you can secure your final person. You don't want to go through all of that work through, you know, a complex, very well designed, because she listens to this podcast, hiring process only to fall at the final hurdle and not get your offer accepted. So we've not done a full episode on this, but I'll talk you exactly through how I offer my applicants, how I set myself up for that to be successful, and then what a really strong onboarding process can look like for your business. Before we dive into that, I just wanted to say thank you so much for all the feedback I've had recently on the podcast. It does mean the absolute world to me. And if you find this podcast useful, absolutely share it with your biz bestie. I want to get this podcast into more people's ears to help and educate them. And we are now, I think it's, I think I want to say this is episode 38. So we're, we're building up a bit of a library for you to go and search through when you are in your hiring processes, you can go and search for the, the part of the hiring process you're up to and listen to the relevant episode. So we've done podcast episodes on advert writing, on interview processes, on the strategy, all of the things so that you can go and search at any stage in your hiring process and know that you've got a guide to, to help you. So in terms of setting you up for a really strong hiring process, there are a certain number of things that you can do. So when you're going to offer, I'm going to talk, talk you through a bit of a onboarding checklist But some of those things you would have already done because they are quite heavily focused on your finance and those parts of it. So there's a little bit of a checklist. I'm going to talk you through that in terms of the step by step as I do at an offer stage. But I will flag to you anything that you can set yourself up ahead of time to make you that much more confident. So let's say for context, you've done your interviews, you've interviewed three people, you've absolutely got to stand out, absolutely offer your job over the phone. But if you were in a scenario where you were doing a first round and then a second round face to face just to make a decision, you could be prepared and absolutely offer in the second round interview as well. It can work really well. But before you have a phone call, before you give the offer in your second round interview, I want you to prepare an offer letter. So this is something I do all the time and I have a template for this. And this is obviously something I share in the hiring playbook and with my clients. But the template will go with the date on it, with my company logo. It will have the applicant's first name, last name, their address, if you have it, or it will just have their first name and last name and say, you want to offer them the role. And you say that in the first line, we are delighted to offer you the role. We're pleased to offer you the role. And you're going to say what the name of the role is, what whether they're part-time, full-time, the position, your company name, and you're going to put a rough start date in there. You're going to say it's dependent on, as a minimum, I would say reference checks, and then who they're going to report into, so who their boss is going to be. You also want to have in the next paragraph something to do with their salary. So you're going to say something along the lines of the 
starting salary for this role or obviously a rate if you're employing them in a casual is x and then how frequently you're going to pay it is it going to be paid monthly fortnightly weekly for example if they're in a contract you're going to tell them the length of time of the contract and then you're going to ask for you're going to give them a call to action for them to respond to you and give them a date so i'll just recap that for you because that was quite a lot of information so you're going to put their details in there put the date on your email <laughs> you can do i would actually do this i actually do this in the body of the email and then in a pdf attached right just to be really clear so we're going to offer you x role the the hours that they're going to work if it's full-time contract at the name of your company make sure you've got the job title in there give them an estimated start date and tell them if there's any conditions to them getting that job i.e are you going to do background checks reference checks give them some information on the salary or the rate if it's contract and it's for a finite period of time explain that and then make sure there's a call to action that gets them to respond by a set date and then obviously you would sign off at the end so i have that letter good to go before i'm picking up the phone to offer my applicant or to offer them in the interview having that ready to go you've and you've written it all up and you've got that template you sort of know what you're going to say in the offer right so you're killing two birds with one stone so you obviously what i would say about offering the applicant is you want to be really high vibe right so you need to get them super super excited because in today's job market and we talked about that on the previous podcast but applicants are quite often interviewing for more than one role at a time so we want to make sure that they're going to feed off your energy and they're going to be really excited about your role also because you listen to this podcast you have got an incredible robust hiring process so their experience with you is going to be great so you want this to be a really fantastic experience as well not only do you want their hiring experience to be great, but this sets the benchmark for your ongoing working relationship. So I'm assuming that you're a very happy, high vibe person, and that's the sort of person you want to attract. So that's how you're starting off this engagement, this contract, this relationship with them. So that's the energy that you want to flow through. I could be wrong. You might not be happy, but then I don't think you'd be listening to me. So sit down and obviously tell them, you know, you're really excited. This is what you're going to offer. You're going to talk freight, right? But if you've listened to the podcast before, you will have set them up for the rate conversation in the screening process. So look back on information around screening on the podcast, but always, always when you have your first conversation in the screening process, you're taking, you're having a very transparent and open conversation about rates and salaries so you are you should be set up for success at this point this shouldn't come as a massive shock it can and you're going to have to have that conversation out with them but you should be forearmed forewarned and be able to have that conversation so i have got an episode in the podcast on difficult conversations in the hiring process if you did hit a blocker I would, I would recommend listening to that conversation before you do your, if it's your first offer, listen to that too. It's quite helpful. So you sent that letter. Obviously this letter is not a contract. This is just as how humans work. And with every job that I've worked on, people want something in writing to make them feel secure and to stop them looking at other jobs. It's such a psychological thing, but people are used to like, I need to see my contract before I hand my notice in, which is completely fair enough. But to make any firm decisions around their plans and their commitments outside of work, they want to feel really confident that you're really serious about offering them a job and they've got something to hold on. People understand that it takes a little bit of time to get a contract ready. This is an offer letter. It's not a contract. So this offer letter is to give them an overview of the experience. You're not giving them a contract until you've completed your recruitment process, which is likely doing some sort of background checks. So you're giving them an 
offer, it's like an intent to proceed forward with the application. You've got to your due diligence and you've got to do your background checks and you've got to get your contracts ready. But this will make them feel a certain level of comfort. Then as I've alluded to, the next stage in your process would be to do reference checks. Look, there are numerous templates you can get online for reference checks. This is a service I provide for my clients. I've got a really strong reference check template in the hiring playbook. But essentially you want to sort of sense check that and I I my personal preference and this is something I was taught in corporate is that ideally at least one of your reference checks is going to be off a previous manager. Now there are different schools of thought in terms of reference checks. I'm a believer in them and I'll tell you why. A reference check is not to trip them up. It's not to find out whether they can perform in the role or not. You've got to trust your recruitment process well enough to do that. But you want to confirm legitimacy of the applicant, whether they've been truthful on their resume and in your interview. But again, it's not so much about whether they've done the job or not. It's helpful to speak to someone who's been a previous manager because you know that person can speak to what it's been like to manage that individual, which is likely going to be your job, right? So I find that incredibly helpful. And you're not asking a million questions. I would find out how they like to be managed, whether they're reliable and punctual, if there's any issues there. Is there any areas for development? No, it's not weaknesses, but talk, and ask also what are their key, key areas of strength? And then would you rehire them or not? It, look, I find it valuable. I found reference checks valuable, especially with the questions around management style. So nothing, I mean, very rarely something terrible comes up. And then you've got to question the referee, right? Why, why are they so keen to bag out this individual? But you are, I guess, then to add to that, you're testing the self-awareness of the applicant, right? Like, why are they giving you a terrible referee? Anyway, I digress. But I find the question around management style incredibly helpful because you can learn from that and you've got that going in. You you should be adapting your management style to different individuals. It's a relationship. You're one person, they're another person. Their communication style might be different to your communication style. So it's just really useful information. And I like to gather all of this information so that I've done my due diligence and that if anything went wrong further down the line with our working relationship, I feel like I've done everything in my power to set my business up for success and to be the best manager to this person so that that's my ethos on reference checks depending on your industry and your sector you might have to do national police checks you might have to do working with children checks or you might have to do relevant checks to your industry um, i obviously can't talk to every industry but you would include that in your offer letter now the next thing after you've done your reference checks is you need to confirm a contract so i have worked with hr partners and legal previously to get a robust legal contract there are several online platforms so you've got law depot you've got law depot equivalents they're pretty good now this is just my feedback you've also got um contracts on the ato website on fair work as well there's lots of places you can get a free template if you are going to be hiring very similar role over and over again i believe it is worth paying a professional to give you a robust contract you can get these from around 300 it's not overly expensive but if that is something you're interested speak to me i can absolutely refer you on to someone but contracts make sure that they protect you make sure that they are a legal document i'm not going to go massively into contracts it's not my area it's not something i choose to focus in i but i have invested the money in my business to have really robust contracts obviously in big business they're doing that stuff too so you set yourself up for success don't do a dodgy contract the ones online are fine 
it's my opinion that is worth investing, but you can do it either way. So you've got their contract. You want to expect that there's going to be a level of communication back and forth throughout your offer and onboarding process. Now you've done all your really initial, like bare minimum stuff, right? So you've sent them an offer letter. They should have your contact details as well that they can ask any questions as well. I've not gone massively into whether they reject your offer, but you can listen to that on the difficult conversation. So you've sent the offer letter, you've done the reference checks, you've sent the contract. Now, hopefully they sign that contract and you're all hunky-dory. Now, there are a certain number of things that you need to collect to set them up. So you will need their full name, their full legal name, their email address, their mobile number and their address. You will need to check whether that person has full Australian work rights unless they are doing a contract role and they have visa restrictions. Be really careful on this. I will get them to send you um, an Australian passport or get them to show you an Australian passport with the picture page with their passport number on it on a Zoom call or send you a copy through. You don't want to have some ridiculous scenario of someone who has not got legal work, right work, get my words out. (laughs) You do not want to have some ridiculous scenario where you hire someone who can't work in Australia. It's just a nightmare. You don't want to be dealing with immigration, any of that sort of stuff. There are fines involved, just protect yourself. Tax details. So you will need to download the form from the ATO to get them to provide their tax details to onboard this. Now, as I said, there's a whole series of things that you you will want to do to set up your employee through your pay system. You've got your hiring them, you've agreed a rate, you've got to pay them that rate, right? So I actually have always outsourced this task to a bookkeeper um, because I don't enjoy it. Um, But essentially the things that you need to do is you're going to have to understand their superannuation information. So I have a templated form that I give all my future employees to fill out their superannuation details. As I said, you need tax details, you need bank details, you need to understand if there's any particular insurances you have you will most likely have to look at some sort of work health and safety, especially if you are a bricks and mortar business and they are coming on a work site. There are payroll tax things that you need to be set up. I would highly recommend for your first employee that you are speaking to a bookkeeper as a minimum or an accountant to ensure that you are set up for this and they can give you all of these documents and you are good to go. So as I said, a certain amount of that can be set up before you hire. So you should have an accounting system, for example, before you're hiring anyone. But I just run through quite a few things that you need in addition to the tax details. So super, bank details, etc. So, and and obviously your setup and your systems will depend on their employment type as well. <laughs> and this is where your bookkeeper is going to come in really hang, handy because there are different requirements for pay, for super, etc. Um, for leave, for a full-time salaried person versus a casual. So you will also need to have, and this will be in your contract, understand the relevant probation period and termination notice period. That will be in line with your award and it will be in your contract. That's why it's worth dotting all your T's and crossing your I's. So you will have sent them the offer letter, the employment contract. Now, of course, you need to give them details at some point after you've given them the contract or when you send them the contract if you're super organized to let them know what their first day is going to look like as a minimum. So in My employment contracts, I have um, information that says this is what your ongoing work arrangement is going to look like. My employees are remote workers. They occasionally, we have a strategy day together, but for the most part, they work remotely. So I have clauses in their contract around them owning their own laptop, them having their own phone, 
a stable internet connection, for example, these are all things to think about, right? But if you were bringing them into a physical office, you'd want to give them the office details, times that they're going to be expected, ongoing, but you want to set them up really, really clearly with a clear understanding of what their first day is going to look like, right? Nobody wants to feel like they don't know what's going on. So when I've onboarded people in the past, it is always your first day, you're going to log on. This is the link. This is what you do. You can give it to them, their personal email. They can set up all their work email after on their first day. They shouldn't be doing work before you're paying them, right? So if they're online, let's go with that first. <laughs> you're going to send them an email with their first day. I would highly recommend that the first thing you do is book in like a Zoom call or equivalent with their boss so that you are the first person they speak to. You can answer any questions that they have immediately and just talk it out. So send them that detail and let them know what time. Um, if you need a bit of time before, have them start late on their first day that's totally normal but make sure they know exactly what they're doing in the first hour and the first minute of their first day if they were coming to a physical location you want to let them know where they're going any specific direction requirement anything to do with parking or public transport and then who are they asking for when they get there now i have i'll do a whole separate episode on like (laughs) the first day the training the onboarding this is just getting them to their first day right so the offer the onboarding getting them to their first day i think it's really nice at some point especially if there's a lag where this individual is working off a notice period that you're sending some other communication to say hey the team is so excited for you to start for example you're sending them a company announcement. If you've got any team meetings in the interim, certainly invite them along. Just keep that rapport going. Nobody, it's it's really, I don't know if you've ever been in this scenario, but it's really unnerving if you go through like a big interview process and then you're not starting for like four or five weeks and then you just don't hear anything. Like it's not setting you up to feel super confident. I think in my experience, it's made me feel really nervous. I've onboarded a lot of people and that's the feedback I get as well. So if you can do anything, just drop a text message. I've worked in businesses where they had a whole onboarding like messaging sequence and automation, which was awesome. You don't have to go that far, but just do something to check in with them, send them an email, drop them a text. If, As I said, if you've got any events going on in the interim, it's super nice to invite them and then if you do have an existing team think about how you're going to communicate that piece as well so an announcement email to your team or to your clients if applicable and then make sure if your new hire is going to be working with other members of your team or you need to introduce them to your clients that you've scheduled that ahead of time so that you can give them so you can give your new starter their first day agenda on their first day other things to think about is Obviously, we talk through all the payroll set up. We talk through the team. We talk through how you'll communicate, how you're going to communicate with them. But definitely the last thing I would say is technology. So laptop, phone, do you need new software accounts? Do you need any other equipment? How are you going to get them logged into your systems on day one? You're going to have to set them up their own email address for the company if that's applicable. So just think about that. I have a checklist. I work through it. This is not my strong suit. I do everything I can to make sure this works really well. But as you go through your hiring process, this is the sort of thing you're going to build up. So I have a checklist. I have all my systems in it. But this is something I've built up over time. Now, another the last tip I'm going to give you, and this works really, really well. I will go back and listen to this episode and work through your checklist. So in your checklist, you're going to have the employee details you need to gather, the work right status, the employment details, the contract details, offer letter, contract, provision of the new employee. So by that, I mean, what communication have you given to 
your clients and the rest of your team. Make sure you have everything set up for payroll. You can get them to fill their payroll forms in on your first day, right? You've had the experience with companies, but people like to do it before, um, as long as they're not working. And then your technology. So by that, I mean, do they physically need hardware? Do they physically need equipment? And do you need to get them any other accounts? So in my business, for example, I would need to get them Zoom logins. I would need them to get access to our ClickUp. I would need to get them access to our recruitment ATS systems, very recruitment techie. Um, and I, of course, would need to have emails and um, a payroll timesheet and account help for them as a minimum. So I've given you a lot to think about. This is why it's so valuable to work with a professional to help you through this stuff. I have created this full process for you in the hiring playbook. So yes, you're a, you're a finance person, your accountant will have done some of this to a certain extent, but not your offer letters, not your contracts, not every facet of your onboarding process. And then this is before we even get to training your individual, right? So I have outlined all of this for you in the hiring playbook. You have every single template you need for this. Any questions, <laughs> give me a shout. The hiring playbook is good to go for the new year. So the link is in the show notes. If you have any questions on the hiring playbook and you want a ready-made process for you so you don't have to go do all this stuff yourself, you can speak to me in my DMs and I would love to have you on board. It's at a super low price point at the moment, but highly, highly recommend. And the feedback I have is incredible. So you're going to hear from Louise in the next few few weeks. And she's gone through the hiring playbook and she's hired and it has been a game changer for her. So very excited for you to hear that information. Listen back to this episode. Take some notes. That is what your offer and onboard in process entail if you want to get it right. Pays to have a plan beforehand. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a little bit serious. <laughs> it was a little bit technical, but these things can be really valuable if you are actively hiring. As always, love to hear your feedback. Until next time, I'm Chrissy. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hiring Advantage podcast. If you have any questions or love the show, head over to at Hiring Advantage on Instagram and let me know. If you learned something today, it would mean the absolute world to me if you left a review or shared this with someone else that you think would benefit from this knowledge. Until next time, happy hiring queens.